Hello, friends. Have you noticed how much podcasts have grown in popularity over the past few years? We definitely have, and it's insane. We have an opportunity for your business to take advantage of the exponential growth of our podcast by advertising with us. We've been riding the podcast growth wave for a few years now, and we want you to take advantage of this too. We have unbeatable pricing and advertising packages, and we work with you on an individual basis to produce the most effective ad possible for our audience. If you would like to advertise with Forbidden Knowledge News, email me, forbiddenknowledgenews at gmail.com. We look forward to all our new partnerships. Welcome back to Forbidden Knowledge News. I'm your host, Chris Matthew. Tonight, my guest is Joe Roop. Before I bring him on, I want to tell you about how you can protect yourself from harmful EMF radiation. Did you guys know that the phone, computer, or tablet you're using right now to watch this video is emitting harmful EMF radiation? EMF radiation is scientifically proven to interfere with many physiological processes in our body and harm us in many ways, most especially the brain and nervous system. In fact, children's brains absorb more than twice the amount of EMF radiation than us adults, which means it's important to not only protect yourself, but your children. Check out EMF Harmonize. They offer protection for your phone, computer, a tablet, and your routers. I have one on my computer, my cell phone. I've already noticed the difference. I'm not feeling as groggy. I sleep better at night, and I have more energy during the day, even after spending hours in front of my computer or near my phone. The products were created by a mechanical engineer with three decades of experience in EMFs and telecommunication. Just use the link below in the description to check out EMF Harmonized and protect yourself today. Also, please subscribe to Forbidden Knowledge News on LBRY.com, which is our official backup channel. We also have a brand new show called Beyond Classified. It is exclusively on Rockfin, which is an amazing new uncensored platform for free thinking content creators, independent media. You'll find plenty of awesome content creators there that you already know. And all the topics that are no longer allowed on YouTube, you'll find us talking about there. Uh, you can also get forbidden tickets to Forbidden Knowledge NewsCon 2021, which is going to be April 2nd, 3rd, and 4th with 12 amazing presenters. Please go to ForbiddenKnowledge.news to check out the, this year's awesome lineup and get your tickets. Finally, I want to thank all of you that have made donations. Although I rarely talk about it or ask for them, we could definitely use help right now. Uh, you know, trying to do the show five days a week or more, paying rent, having food and basic necessities, it's a lot of work. We make, you know, a few hundred a month from sponsors and barely enough to cover our basic expenses from our podcast revenue. And we work really hard to bring you these amazing guests and important information every day. Uh, this is our job. This is what we do. Uh, but unfortunately, we also need money to survive. You know, we've got to pay rent. Uh, so you can also help by purchasing a ticket to Forbidden Knowledge NewsCon. Um, that's another great way to support Forbidden Knowledge News. If you'd like to make a donation and help us out, the link is in the description as well as all the other links that I just mentioned. Tonight, I want to welcome to the show Joe Roop. He is the host of the late night show Lighting the Void, which airs live on the Fringe FM weeknights, as well as the owner and executive of the network, the Fringe FM. He is Arkansas native for 38 years now, residing in upstate New York. He never dreamed he would be doing what he is doing today. After a series of 
out-of-body experiences and an esoteric curiosity that led him to studying and practicing the Western mystery traditions. He is now heard frequently on his show and is a guest on other shows discussing the occult, consciousness, sacred sexuality, and astral travel, and he continues to move his mission to empower people to become explorers of consciousness, which he believes is the key to our evolution and the planets. His listeners have developed a creed they live by and call themselves void walkers, which in short simply means a family of people who are willing to explore consciousness in a practical way to discover the hidden mysteries and potential of themselves and humanity, all while never claiming all while never claiming the ultimate truth about life. Joe, welcome. How are you doing tonight? And thank you for having me on here. That was, yeah, that's a, a great introduction, but that's exactly, uh, that's exactly what I'm doing, man. So yeah, it's yeah. good to be on here. I had you that's on my show to to you, and I felt, I felt a massive click with you, man. I really did. So yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And like I told you when I was on a guest on your show, Lighting the Void, uh, you were one of the hosts that inspired me to start, start my show, Forbidden Knowledge News. Um, I, you know, I, I listen to you all the time before I even thought about starting Forbidden Knowledge News. You've had so many fascinating guests and we now share many of the same guests and it's been an amazing journey since I started Forbidden Knowledge News and the podcast and everything now that I'm doing surrounding it. Um, I never thought I'd be doing just like I, you said in your intro in uh, the intro that I read. Now, how yeah. long have you been doing um, your show? And I'd like to know what got you started on your path. Man, I, I, I think I've honestly I started doing the show in like 2016. Uh, actually, I started out doing it. was really weird. I started out doing this one radio show called uh, I named it White Trash Guru. Right. Like I wanted to be like this guy that helped people learn how to make money from uh, just off in, odd and in ways because I, I started developing this like mentality about money that like you could. All you have to do is provide value and you can make money, you know, because uh, I was tired of being a slave to the nine to five. Now, this is way before I got into magic. When I started listening to the out of body stuff in 2016, that's when I really got involved with it more. You know, I started listening to uh, Art Bell, but uh, I was kind of listening to it before then and um, had an out of, had a really crazy out of body experience that changed my life. And then I got into the occult. Uh, and the esoteric stuff and just kind of went from there and started branching out and trying to build networks and get to know people And the fringe FM came around and we're here today, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, your gym, your journey has been very similar to mine. Um, but also you've had some, some experiences, some out of body experiences, strange experiences, uh, in your life that, uh, that kind of, helped you push you along right yeah yeah since this since the the start of it that first out-of-body experience i've had several other out-of-body experiences but they weren't quite as um powerful as that first one but they were just as uh vivid or just as uh conscious and then i've also had like a remote viewing experience i've had uh things that probably that wouldn't happen it's like the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy type of probability. Those types of things happen. I've had lots of weird and crazy things happen since I started this journey. Uh, the, the thing is, is, and you probably know this too, because you do a show five days a week, I don't quite 
get the experiences that I used to. I don't get to study as much as I used to. Right. Um, uh, because I'm working on talking to people more or communicating or building a network, but, um, I get just as much satisfaction from that too, but I would love to have that out of body experience again, uh, that I had that first time. Now, could you tell us a little bit about what, what happened and, uh, you know, why it was so profound for you? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was listening to, um, Robert Monroe's journey out of journeys out of the body. Uh, I was so skeptical about this, but the guy I was listening to the audiobook. the guy just had a way of convincing me that this was real. You know, this, maybe this is real. Uh, and I started doing the methods that he was talking about and I knew that I couldn't do them where I actually slept. So I would lay on the couch and listen to his hemisync stuff. And, um, honestly, I, I, I started listening to, uh, what's the other guy's name? Oh man, there's so many names now that I can't William Buhlman. I started listening to him too. I don't remember if it was either him or William when I had this out of body experience, but what I do remember, um, is like peeling myself up out of the, off the couch, which I had done several times before. And it felt absolutely no different than it would if you woke up and just kind of put your elbows down and pushed yourself up from the couch. You know, it felt no different than that. And I just thought to myself, well, I, I didn't do it. It didn't happen. Right. I didn't do it. And so I stood up, I was going to go to the kitchen for whatever reason, turned around and I saw myself sleeping. That's when everything changed for me. Like I saw myself sleeping and I was like, I did it. And all I could think was, Oh, I got to get away from my body as fast as possible. Fast, fast, fast. Right. And so I went outside, flew around a little bit. It was just, it, it really wasn't like, you know, I met an entity or anything crazy. The whole fact of how, everything was just as real as it is as whatever you're seeing with your eyes right now. That's what I saw, but I wasn't in my body. That's how real it was. That's how local it was. It was not a dream. You know, uh, it was just a different state of consciousness that I just didn't know existed. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. See, I, my experience was different. I, you know, I didn't feel like I actually left my body. I'd love to be able to, to experience that, but would you say that, uh, you know, consciousness, meditation, sleeping is, it can open a door to a different reality or spirit realm. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. It does every night. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, what are you, you know, what do you, you've interviewed plenty of people that have had these out of body experiences that explore this scientists, researchers, what is some of the most profound information that you've found out about what can happen during these experiences or the most, you know, insane thing that you've heard that can happen to a person while they're in these experiences? I mean, we hear about people talking with entities, having, you know, conscious contact, actually flying off planet. Uh, what are the yeah. possibilities with this? Man, the biggest one would have to be meeting, uh, meeting other people in the astral realm and re both people remembering it. That's a massive one. Right. Uh, and I think the second one would be meeting, which I wish I could do this. I know Robert Monroe did, but meeting your soulmates that maybe might not even be here on this earth with you, but these entities or beings or whatever that have been with you for uh, who knows how long, right. Uh, because you're from the same place 
in the universe or whatever. Like that is amazing to me. And it's almost what they, what they talk about and what Robert Monroe talked about is the second you start talking to them, like he called them BB and I forget the name of the other guy, but you know, you just know them, right? You know them, you remember, and they've been there and I'm, I've had dreams about people like that. And sometimes I've met maybe one, maybe two people on the earth that kind of feel that way towards me, but I still feel like we have this family of, um, soul, I guess you could say either guides or family that are always with us that are, you can meet in these realms, you know? And I've heard, uh, researchers like Preston Dennett say that it's possible that you can actually interact with spirits or soul that has passed and help them to pass along or move along or help them move to a light or a better realm. Um, have you heard of this as well? Uh, yeah, I have heard of this. Uh, I haven't ran into anybody like that, but, um, man, because when I had mine, it was just like dead silence. It was kind of like it is outside now when it snows, that's how quiet it was outside. Right. It was that silent, but, uh, yeah, I've, a lot of people talk about that. William Buellman, Robert Monroe, Robert Bruce, you know, a lot of the big people that teach this stuff, they, they talk about these things for sure. Yeah, that's amazing that you could actually, you know, interact with possible consciousness or souls that have passed on to to a different realm and help them out and actually interact with them. Um, that's amazing. Have you ever had any paranormal experiences or, you know, seen anything that could have been a ghost or anything like that? I, believe it or not, out here in upstate New York, the first actual ghost I've ever seen was on the street out here like right in front of my house. I've never seen a ghost or an entity with my own eyes. And one night I was outside just uh, having a, a smoke, looking out towards the road, wasn't paying attention. I saw something walking and I looked up uh, and I was like, man, it's three in the morning. What is this person out here walking down the road for? And the street lights came up the hill. When the street lights came up the hill and hit the person that was walking, they just faded out. Now, when they faded out, my I, the reason why I know this was real is because my heart sped up to about 90 miles an hour, right? When you're par it doesn't matter if you're afraid of it or not. When something happens that shatters your paradigm like that, yeah. your heart, at least mine does, will speed up, right? And I Definitely. ran into the house and was looking out the door towards the road to see, okay, what was that? Did, I, did that happen in my mind? Because I've seen this before, like out of the corner of my eye, you know? where I think somebody's there and I'm like, Hey, da, 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 talk to them. And they're not there, you know? Uh, That's but crazy. I'm thinking, okay, I could have been crazy or I could have saw this. I directly saw this thing, you know? And, uh, yeah. So yeah, I've seen a ghost for sure. Yeah. I've never seen anything that I consider a ghost or had any like paranormal experiences. Do you think that what we're calling ghosts that they can actually have an intelligence or consciousness, or is it some sort of electromagnetic memory or a combination of both? You know, we could have, you know, actual consciousness, ghosts that have consciousness and some that could be these sort of memories that are tra trapped in time, or could it be something that we would never understand? Um, you know, something that we could possibly unlock with the understanding of like quantum physics and quantum computing. But, you know, what are your thoughts on that? 
I think that might have actually been because of that thing I saw on the road looked like they were in sleep clothes. I think that might have been a person that was out of body. Just somebody might be down the road sleeping right. or something. And maybe because I've had that experience in that energetic state that I'm maybe I'm starting to be able to see those things. I don't know. But it just looked like they were just nonchalantly walking. To me, it looked like, you know, how we are in a dream. And we're just, just like we really believe that that's what's going on. Because that person didn't look like they were trying to scare me or, or even acknowledge me, you know, uh, but they looked like they were wearing a robe, man. So I'm thinking maybe it was a person out of body. And a lot of times, maybe a lot of this paranormal activity that people call paranormal activity isn't ghosts. It could be your neighbor down the road that slipped out of body and is in an energetic state and doesn't really know that they're passing through your house, you know? Right. What about things like uh, poltergeists or objects moving on their own? Um, what do you, you know, do you think that there's an intelligence behind that or something else? I think, um, <laughs> again, I think this is some, this is something that is familiar with that state, right? Robert Monroe talked about how he used to pay pinched a lady in his book. Now, if you can pinch a lady in your astral body, then, uh, yeah, I mean, sure. It could be a ghost. You remember that movie? Did you ever watch that movie, uh, ghost with, uh, Patrick Swayze? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know, where he goes down in the subway and the ghost is yeah, kicking he's the can to, and he's trying to get that energy to, to move stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you got to do it from your gut. Right. Like, it was funny. It's kind of funny when you think about yeah, it. But, yeah. Uh, it's kind of true. Right. If you read what Robert Monroe talks about, he, he attempted these things three or four times, but uh, he finally pinched a lady and it worked. So, uh, Doskalos, also another one who's a Christian mystic who wrote books, what he called, uh, what did he call it? Eczematosis, I think is what he called the out of body experience. And he moved a, a knife, uh, when he was out of body, like he learned how to move objects. So again, if regular humans can do this and we know the government's experimented with it, we know they have, uh, when you watch third eye spies, you'll see Robert Monroe in that he's in that picture. They don't even talk about him, but he's standing right there. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and he's in that picture. So, if the government knows about it, don't you think they're practicing this stuff? If you were an intelligence agency and I said, look, I can show you how to move around in your sleep and never be detected. Don't you think that uh, every government's going to want to know how to do that? You know, of course they're going to say in their files at blackvault.com or whatever that, uh, uh, well, it didn't work. We did some studies and maybe it's in their mind. Maybe it's not case closed. Right but they have a team of people doing it. I'm sure they do, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, while we're talking a little bit about, about paranormal, what are your thoughts on um, entity attachments or spirit attachments? I know you've interviewed quite a few hypnotherapists that actually deal with this. I have too. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that it's possible that we can actually be keep walking around people with these spiritual attachments kind of influencing our lives and steering us in certain ways, or is it just kind of an excuse for a person to do whatever the hell they want? I'd like to get your thoughts on that. You mean like when we astral travel, do you think that we're no, no, I'm, no, no, I'm, you know, not talking about astral travel, just in general, when people say that they have spiritual attachments and they go to somebody to, to get rid of these, like a hypnotherapist, um, do you think that these are actual spirits attaching to this person or do you think it's some sort of mis mental Man, disorder or that's you know, a good question. That's a really good question. I'm studying that? that. Well, um, 
Tom Zis was it Zisner? Tom Zisner. Zisner, yeah. Yeah, man, he's got some interesting information on that because he's been, um, you know, hypnotizing people down to the state and these people that have borderline personalities or trauma in their life. And what he said he's noticed is when he gets down to the root of the problem uh, in the subconscious and starts trying to, you know, fix the problem or have the person tell them what happened, whether it was abuse or anything like that, that another character comes out and blocks them. Right. Like an t- entirely that. different character comes out whether that we've created that in our mind or that's a spirit that's not allowing that person to heal that i don't know and i'm not sure he knows but he knows that it happens you know check out our friends at linguistity gifts linguistity gifts is a metaphysical store offering natural gemstone bead bracelets signature and zodiac designed and made in the united states as well as raw and polished stones crystal balls pendulums, tarot cards, natural crystal points, wands, and so much more. Their beautiful signature design bracelets can aid with creativity, balance, focus, and well-being. They can even customize the bracelets for you. Just send them an email to find out pricing and availability. Visit their website using the link in the description or visit linguistitygifts.com and use coupon code FKN to get 10% off your first order over $20. And right now they are offering $5 off the purchase of two or more bracelets. Linguistitygifts.com Yeah, I remember him telling that story, how it shook him up. He was with a, a trauma abuse patient, and he was trying to talk to one of the personalities, the subpersonality, and then something stepped in, and he just you know, could sense that this was a dark presence and this was not anything he's normally dealt with and it was just blocking uh, any communication and he felt, you know, very, you know, this very nefarious presence coming from this individual. And, uh, yeah, it it shook him up and it's definitely uh, one of the most uh, profound stories I've heard about, you know, hypnotherapy and dealing with these spiritual attachments. You know, the thought that, you know, these spirits could willy-nilly just attach themselves to a person and influence uh, their thoughts that you could be influenced by, you know, an external consciousness or entity is uh, very intriguing to me. And, uh, you know, I hear, I hear stories all the time about, you know, people needing exorcism from, from demons. Um, but I'm not sure if that's what it is. I don't know, you know, I, I think there's a broader scope to what we're seeing here as far as spirit attachments or what we are actually calling spirits. Yeah, I don't know the difference, honestly. Uh, it's a fine line between like psychosis, right, and dem- demonic possession. But if you if you were in a state of psychosis and you had one person saying, "Okay, you're stressed. You're in a state of psychosis, or whatever. Take this medication, or do these breathing exercises. We'll try to get you better." And another person saying that you have a demon that's possessed you and is ruling your mind, depending on how you're brought up and how you think, which one are you going to believe? And, and trying to think about one of the, those two things, and this is just, you know, I'm a curious person, trying to think about those two things makes me wonder, is there really a difference? Is there really a difference between psychosis and demons? Like, um, just because we, under, we understand science a little bit, they still don't understand the human brain, not the way they want to. Um, so I think calling them a spirit is not so far off as 
also calling it psychosis, but man, I don't know about the exorcism world. I've never seen one. I've heard about them. I've listened to Father Malachi episodes. I've read about them. I just haven't had the personal experience with anything like that. Now, as far as um, being influenced, I can tell you in the occult, like doing um, tarot readings, uh, divinatory things, or even uh, certain ceremonies, absolutely. Um, they there are these powers or I would say egregores that exist again, though, do they exist because they were always there or is it something that we created over time because we agree on these things and it's in the superconscious? All I know is that they exist. You understand what I'm saying? It's kind of hard to explain, but no, I understand that we could actually from a collective conscious create uh, something out of you know our thoughts um, like you said like this egregore we can create actual entities with our thoughts and I, I completely believe that that uh, you know if the if our consciousness collective consciousness focuses on one thing for a long enough time that it could become real and that's a fascinating thought on its own <clears throat> yeah yeah uh, Dos or Dr. Stylianos Atechlis called them elementals things that we create uh, like when we get an emotional involvement or belief about something and then another person believes it, etc., we end up creating this thing called an elemental, which after that, at that point, I know it sounds kind of wizardy and video gameish, but at that point we can only banish these things. Once we've created them, we can't kill them or destroy them. And if you look at the, the slender man, egregore, look what happened with that, right? Like, right. Uh, that was just a character somebody <clears throat> created in their mind. And then it became like a, a real thing and then these girls said they saw them and then someone stabbed somebody and then it's like wait like do we just make this thing real um and even back in mysticism uh if you look at kabbalah the jews they have these things called golems right and the jewish kabbalah where they can create energetic entities thought forms and servitors you know i believe it's real man i really do yeah, I, I happen to, too. Um, there's too much evidence to kind of put that, uh, you know, put that behind. Now, when we're talking about magical practices, you actually dabble a little bit. Uh, isn't that right? Well, I do more than dabble. I dabble, yeah. It. Well, tell us about that. <laughs> tell us about what actually, what kind of magical practices you're uh, involved with. Well, I'm a, you know, a traditional ceremonial magician, so... I've, I've gotten to the habit of every day, at least every day doing some type of grounding or, um, or, uh, balancing ritual every day. Right. Then there's elemental work that you do. This is like traditional as traditional gets, uh, obviously, uh, the golden dawn would be the most traditional, uh, school that we have before that. It, there's really no school from like front to start. There's like John D and a lot of grimoires that were written and stuff, but yeah, uh, ceremonial magic is basically just moving meditation using symbols and certain things to um, uh, to initiate or engage the subconscious, right? So that's colors, symbols, smells, sounds. Uh, the most powerful thing would be geometric symbols, right? And the more basic the symbol, the more powerful they are. Uh, and a lot of this system is based on the hermetic tree or what we'd call the, uh, the hermetic cobbler. Uh, hermetic kabbalah which is taking the jewish uh, kabbalistic system but then also putting these different systems because we found out looking at the tree 
along the time that all these religions uh, fit perfectly. The planetary energies, uh, the Hebrew letters, the tarot, everything just kind of fits perfectly on this Etzachayim, which is the, the diagram of the Western tree of life, right? And all of magic is based on that. And all of initiation in ourselves is based on that. And when you read the Bible, you can read any religion and you still see this initiatic journey through the elements. And um, Matthew, the, the four gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, these are also based on the elements, uh, earth, fire, water, earth, I was going to say brimstone, right? Earth, fire, water. And, uh, what am I missing here? Air, Air. right? So, um, that's the intellect, your emotions, your, your desires and, uh, your, in, in your physical nature. When you master these things, you master your self love and you master the, the, uh, how to love others. And I was just talking to uh, Graham and, and Darren on Grimerica about this, uh, you, you start to learn about your sun energy and your moon energy. And then when you really get into this, you're like, well, wait a minute, this stuff goes way back to Egypt, to ancient Babylon, to like, did they build all these religions based on this stuff? You know? Uh, and the cool thing is, is by studying magic, everything about the astral realm and all of this stuff that Bob Monroe talked about and what the government's studying with remote viewing, all of that was in there. They were doing this a long time ago. They set up systems for it and stuff. So it's not anything new. Uh, they just use that tree to traverse consciousness and the universe so they could kind of know where they were, so to speak, you know? Yeah. People don't realize it's, it's a part of our everyday lives, but we, you know, we do it every day and we don't realize yeah. that we're, we're doing rituals. We're doing magic. What, what are some of the most profound benefits for you in your personal life that you've experienced from practicing magic? Manifesting things in my like, okay. So the fringe FM and lighting the void, I, I'm, this whole thing has been based on magic and faith. That doesn't sound very practical to people, right? You know, people are like, how did you go four or five years and, you know, being a parent and living and all this other stuff, traveling, everything that you've done uh, without, you know, working a job or making sure you have a 401k or whatever that people are taught to do. It's because uh, I believe in manifestation. I truly believe that when you visualize something, and when I say visualize, I don't mean just imagine a pink elephant. I mean, imagine a rose, right? Like, what does it smell like? What do the petals feel like? How does the thorns feel when you pinch it? What does it make you feel like? Does it smell good? How do you feel when you get your emotion involved? And then what happens when you let that go? And this is simply, simply how magic works. You make a ceremony of your imagination and what you did. You get your emotions involved and then you forget about it. And I mean, totally forget about it. And once you totally forget about it and let it go, it, you might walk into the next room and there might be a rose on the floor. Now that seems like a coincidence, right? But after you do this enough, you're going to start to see it's not a coincidence that you are casting a signal right out to the universe and it's bringing it back. And then when you travel in the astral realm, you get to see where the signal is going. You that, see? Yeah. That rose is, is like a synchronicity and that the synchronicities are super important. You got to pay attention to those, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You, and so then you start to say, Whoa, man, like everything in my life, bad, good, the ugly. I had a part in manifesting it. 
I don't want that kind of responsibility. And this is when you get into the, the conspiracy realm. What are we blaming? What are we blaming the manifestations that we're doing now to each other on a, on like a perpetrator savior kind of mentality, right? What are we not taking responsible for this whole COVID and vaccine thing and what's going on now? Are we blaming the powers that be, or did we ask to be put in this kind of a place based on our actions, based on what we say, you know, the formulas that we cast every day, you know, um, when you go to the gas station and you're like, man, every time I give someone a $10 bill, they always, you know, they never turn the pump on in time or whatever. And you get angry about it every time this X, Y emotion, anger, well, guess what's going to happen every time you go to that gas station now, right? Like, it's like, it seems like a coincidence, right? Um, but this is what the Bible talked about when the word is alive. We don't know that we're little mini creator gods. And that's what we're doing in our lives. <laughs> you know, it's crazy, man. Yeah, I know. Um, if if we could just realize what we are capable of, you know, you're saying manifestation. I completely believe that I unconsciously did the same thing with this show um, because I would think about it constantly. I would think about the success of it and, I mean, possibly even do my own unconscious rituals. But I, I completely believe that I, I made this happen. And I'm now on the path where, you know, hopefully I don't have to ever work a, a day job again and get, you know, with worrying yeah. about 401k. So, you know, it's completely real. And I believe that if you also, if you're, uh, this is my personal view, that if you're doing the right thing and you believe it's right in your heart and you take the first step, that the second step is going to be a lot easier and might even be taken for you. And you might even be given thrown a bonus from the universe if you just, you know, you know you're doing the right thing and you actually actively just take that first step and show that you're um, actively trying to make this happen for yourself. I believe that that's a big part of it and not being afraid to do it either. That's another thing that holds people back is being afraid. Well, I mean, excuse me, when you were a kid, you weren't afraid to take a stick and draw a circle around yourself or play hopscotch or whatever, right? What's the difference in being an adult and drawing a circle around yourself and saying, this is me and this is God protecting me. And I, and I'm going to do a prayer and ask for a certain thing. And while I'm in the circle, I'm going to imagine this beautiful thing and what it actually feels like. And I'm going to light a candle and say, Hey, this represents this. And I'm going to, I'm going to, light a little bit of incense and let the smell trigger my subconscious and emotions. Cause it smells like this. Cause I want to feel what this feels like that I'm dreaming about. And I mean, it's, it's basically what we do. It's taking that childlike energy that we've had and turning it into something, you know, and, uh, even in biblical references, they talk about that in the, in the scripture, like you're not going to get to the kingdom of heaven without being like, you should be like a child and in the tarot, the sun energy, you'll see a little child there. So we come into this earth divine and then we let men and man, which is essentially just a bunch of people like you and me that don't really know what the hell's going on, telling us what's real and what's not and who to be and all this stuff. And then as we get older, we realize the hell with it. Like I just, I'm going to, I want to be who I am and just be happy with it. And then you're back in that childlike energy, you know? 
Yeah, I, I agree that, um, you know, fear is, is holding a lot of people back right now, and um, it's causing a lot of the problems that we're seeing. And if we could just lose that and become more childlike, things would be so much better, man. I agree 100%. Um, now, when we're talking about, I mentioned uh, synchronicities earlier. I think that's really important because when I started paying attention to synchronicities, like just little things that would happen, um, you know, I'd think about someone and they'd call or come over. Um, I'd be thinking about a yeah. song and it'd play on the radio. The weirdest things is like for a few days, I would be saying something and the person on the TV would say like a couple of the same words at the same time that I'd say. <laughs> it was like freaking me out. That happened a few days yeah. in a row before my weird experience that uh, everyone's heard, I'm, I'm sure already. But um, yeah, what what do you think? is going on with synchronicities and I know they're extremely important. You have to kind of follow where they lead you because they could lead you on some amazing paths. Man, I think that, I think that there is a bigger, higher part of yourself that is attached to everything in the universe. Right. And I think it's attached to all of us too. Uh, and some of the things that are inside of us that need answers, or some of the things, either either the things that we need answers about the most, or things that are involving our destiny and what we're supposed to be doing, or when someone's giving us a warning shot, whatever it is, if you really become conscious and in the moment, that's what a synchronicity is. And the more conscious and in the moment you become of your surroundings, the more you see this thing talking to you in every single way what i think a synchronicity is is when we start to tap into that right like uh in the matrix when he sees the cat walk by twice you know well he noticed that you noticed everybody else didn't but he noticed it right there's something up i think we all need to um i think a synchronicity is is something like that um like what you're talking about I, i'll have like a deep question that's on my heart that i can't get an answer to like what it could be relationship involved. It could be career. And then I'll turn on the TV. Now, if I'm unconscious and just in my head and not really in the moment and being aware, right. I'll just turn on the TV, kind of have nine thoughts going at once. But if I'm really in the moment, sometimes the first sentence that comes out of a guy's mouth on that, t whatever show it is, is the answer to my question. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? No, but I, I know exactly, you know, how that could work. And that's, yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Cause Ron I Milo you know, our, our song on the radio could answer yes. your question, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah that's I, I remember this one time, um, man, I was thinking like, I really like this girl. I want to tell her how I feel, but you know, I've got all these books that tell me, don't tell girls how you feel. Da, 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 da. what do I do? Right. So I've got my heart wanting one thing, my mind telling me another, and I go into the store and it's, uh, it's like that, uh, Stevie wonder song. I just called to say, I love you. Right. And I'm thinking that can't be a coincidence. Right. So I listened to it and I said, the hell with it. I'm going to tell this girl, like how I really feel. Right. Now this is not like all the girls, but this girl happened to really like it. Some girls, you know, they get weird about that stuff and not this one. But I don't think I would have not known that if I wouldn't have listened to uh, the energy that, that was connected to both of us. You see what I'm saying? It was yeah. trying to tell me through the music because it's not a human. It can't talk to me. Right. But it can tell me through symbols and things like that. 
Yeah, it's it's things like this that make me think of the simulation theory, how we're able to kind of hack into this matrix that we live in and, you know, kind of make our own reality as we go and kind of hack the system. Um I, I often think that we are in some kind of simulation. The more research scientists do, th that uh, we're not in a physical reality, that nothing around us is physical on the micro level. So, no, you know, what are we? State of vibration. Um, right, yes. So, you know, I think of the Matrix. I think of uh, that we're in some kind of simulated reality, like some aliens video game or something, or just some strange <laughs> experiment or something. Yeah. You know, you ever thought about that? What do you think? Yeah, man. Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, that could be totally true. And like astral travel could just be us kind of tapping into the back end. Like when you tap into the back end of a website and you start to see the construct yeah, yeah. Uh, of the code or how it really works. And, uh, um, we could be calling that the spirit realm. And, uh, um, when we have an experience where we manifest something, we could actually tapped into the code of the game and we know how it's working and all the laws and fundamentals of it. Now. Yeah. I think about that stuff all the time. And what is this? Is this just a suit? It's not like a robot. It's more like a biogenetic suit that, uh, they've put a, they've learned to put consciousness in or whatever this thing is. Yeah. I think about that stuff all the time. And Thomas Campbell actually came on the show and kind of verified it in a little bit of a way with his books, you know, my big theory of everything. So, uh, of course I don't claim to know the answer, but I'm like you, man. I think about this stuff a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And, and I don't know how to feel if we were like some experiment for a, a higher consciousness being or higher intelligence, just to see if we could make it through or make the right decisions. You know, I don't know if I, I agree with that or, you know, but, no. or how I feel about that, but it's, it's, it's all fascinating that, um, you know, something, I believe that some, there is a source of creation, but yeah. what it is, I couldn't tell you. And I believe that it, ha it has, um, our best interest in mind if if you're considering source the the feelings of love that you get from certain contact experiences that are said to come from source um i don't know i'm hoping that if we all have been created by a higher intelligence that it would care about us you know well i grew up uh, baptist southern baptist um but I st when i got older and started thinking for myself um i thought Okay, so this God tells us, you know, we have to worship him or we're going to burn in hellfire and all this other stuff. Now, if you're religious, that's fine. Uh, and when I, I would always ask questions about this, like, hey, dad, hey, mom, how can God or whatever uh, love me more than you do? And yet, if I like anything other than, than God or anything more than God, I'm going to burn, not just for a little bit, but for eternity. Now, what I don't understand, like I traumatize as a kid and you don't yeah. really understand love the right way. And so I started thinking uh, something's wrong with this. Now, as I got older, I started studying Gnosticism and then the Gnostics teach that, you know, the God of the Old Testament was basically like an archon that was trying to control people. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you're like, whoa, okay, so this starts making more sense. And then what are archons? And then you get into magic, and then you look at Crowley, you know, called in these forces that are supposedly like these Egyptian gods or whatever that all of the magicians kind of go to that goes way back in time. But uh, then he saw this thing that looked like an alien, right? Uh, so it makes you think, right? Is it 
we don't know what the heck it is, man. We're just saying that's an alien because it's got big eyes. It could be an AI for all we know. You're right? completely right about the church. I grew up Catholic, and man, those churches were scary. I remember going there and having an eerie feeling the whole time. Uh, then later in life, you'd hear stories about, you know, the Catholic um, child abuse and all this stuff, all these evil things coming out of the church. And I'm like, and then you, you read the, the Old Testament, like you said, and, you know, God's smiting here right, left and right. And then the New Testament is a completely different, loving God, you know. It's, uh, yeah, it's very, if people um, <laughs> yeah, don't see just, something strange with their, their Catholic <laughs> and Christian religions, you know, they need yeah. to take a second look. <laughs> yeah, and, they're, and Catholics are tapped into magic, right? Uh, Eliphas Levi, uh, I believe Henry Cornelius Agrippa too, some of the people that, that really made the foundation for magic and ceremonial magic were Catholic, right? They had to like sneak behind doors and write this stuff, but they were Catholic because Catholics get involved with the ceremony. They get that emotions and nostalgia going and they get you focused on everything and they're speaking in Latin. Like they, they can make you feel like you're in a, a really spiritual setting, you know, uh, but the shame is like like confessing your sins to another human being, like all of them, and then having that human being tell you, well, you should pray this many times or whatever, and you're absolved. Like, all right, I don't want a bunch of Catholics mad at me on your show, bro. But, yeah, it's uh, it doesn't seem right. It just doesn't even make sense emotionally, logically, lovingly. It doesn't to me. Yeah, our whole history um, basically, if you if you look at our history books and then you look at what you've learned now from all the independent researchers that you've talked to, it's completely different. It's a completely different history. Um, how advanced do you think these pre-flood civilizations that, that people like Graham Hancock, Brian Forrester, Muhammad Abram, Randall Carson, even Jared Murphy now is coming out with some amazing information about engineered soil. About soil, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, some of these discoveries and inf- that they're uncovering artifacts, secrets of megalithic structures, elongated skulls, all this evidence of extremely advanced technology and construction. I mean, you know, it seems like we were extremely advanced, but in a different way, uh, a way that probably wasn't as harmful to our planet and ourselves, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, that goes back to the whole, uh, uh where we seated by aliens type thing. Cause, uh, it does it could, like but that, it, it right? also at the same time, it, it may not because we could have just been advanced. You know, we could have just been yeah. advanced humans for m- millions of years. We don't know, you know, why did another, off-planet race have to come and make us smart why couldn't we have advanced by ourselves or was it spirit contact or magical practices or you know it could have been a bunch of things i don't necessarily think we have to automatically go to aliens you know it could be the hundredth monkey thing too right right it could be it could be uh that was that's the same thing as the mushroom effect right it could be the mushrooms it could be the yes exactly triggered everything um we could be, and, and you know what really freaks me out? Here's the thought that freaks me out, is we could be in a universe where there literally is, everything's conscious, everything. Everything we look out in the universe, the stars, it's all just consciousness doing its thing. But we're the only place in the universe that has bipedal creatures that walk around that are conscious with consciousness living inside of it, right? Because if you look, all these planets that we've tried to look at, they don't see the evidence of this. They see there might right. be life, but not like creatures like us. 
And this consciousness has, is trying, I think this consciousness is trying to make life right in a physical sense where it can experience things. And so it makes us, and then that would make sense. Then it makes the mushroom and it eat the mushroom, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah, yeah, the spark exactly. happens, right? Like yeah, that is an, that's an intriguing theory because, um, you know, there's so much to be learned, I believe, from from psychedelics and, and certain uh, entheogens, especially, you know, magic mushrooms. Um, there's recently been discovered that it's uh, it works great for depression, uh, drug addictions and microdoses. Yeah. It changes traumatic stress. Yes, yeah. it changes your um, your way, your brain waves, uh, your chemistry and your way of thinking to kind of help get past some of those traumas and even learning. Um, you know, I've had my own uh, few magic mushroom experiences and I felt like I, after every experience, I've learned something. I learned something new about myself, about the world. Uh, it is like a, you know, like a little teacher. Yeah, it definitely is a little teacher for sure. I would, what I, we need to do is I need to eat mushrooms with you. That's what needs to happen. <laughs> definitely, so, man. That'd be a <laughs> so good that, time. That's what needs to happen. Yeah, now, we, I haven't done psychedelics in a long time, but it changed my life when I did. I know that. Yeah. For sure. It, it, um, it definitely changed, uh, changes a lot of people's lives. It changes the way people think, but it, they're, they're demonized, you know, like a lot of, um, a lot of drugs basically, but, um, you know, I think a lot of drugs are bad for you, but there are certain ones that they're naturally here, like, uh, the mushroom, like marijuana, like certain things that are meant to help humanity. And, um, they've been demonized because they have benefits that, uh, the pharmaceutical companies would, uh, lose money from, you know? So of course they can't yeah. be talked about, unfortunately. Oh, even, even MDMA, I had a guy call on the show that had some severe post-traumatic stress from his childhood. And, uh, you know, he tried uh, CBD. I don't, I'm not sure if he tried entheogens entheo or anything. And then they finally did an experiment with him with MDMA, which is, you know, pretty much like Molly or whatever, but in its purest form. And the guy's life totally changed. He called in and he said, I'm just now looking forward to the rest of my life and have some type of um, drive and uh, purpose. And I really... Uh, want to live my life at the age of 50 because from the time he was a kid till he was 50 years old he had so much depression and post-traumatic stress from his abuse and everything that he wasn't even living he was barely alive emotionally right and one dose of mdma changed that it just changed his brain to where now he wants to live he wants a family he wants to do the right thing or whatever i mean it was pretty crazy to hear about how yeah. that can affect us that way. Yeah, and a lot of these substances are naturally occurring substances in the brain that are triggered by certain things that, you know, that natural responses that your body does um, that these, you know, these drugs or entheogens just kind of activate um, and they can be, you know, very beneficial when used the right way. I agree 100%. Yeah, um, so my next move is, is learn how to integrate psychedelics and magical ceremony and do it oh, properly. Man. You let me know how that goes. That sounds amazing. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. That seems crazy to some people, but not me. I think it'll trigger something big. Well, you know? I, Alistair Crowley was big into that, right? Yeah. 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 He was big into that plus sex magic, but I think he got that all wrong. Like I think he 
he took what he learned from the Golden Dawn and, and turned it into his own uh, swingers club, basically, is what right. happened. You know, it's like a glorified swingers club and then said <laughs> love is the law. Uh, you know, whatever, flower children, whatever. But like, there's some demented stuff that he talked about too, uh, that he did that pretty yeah. much, it, I believe that Aleister Crowley and what he did gave all of ceremonial magicians a bad name. I agree. When you go out in public and you say ceremonial magic, they don't think of, um, they don't think of McGregor Mathers or Henry Cornelius Agrippa or Eliphas Levi. The public thinks of people like Aleister Crowley or exactly. Dracula or something crazy because this guy was, you talked about sick things, you know, uh, just to mess with them. So, yeah, the occult in general has been demonized. The occult magic, uh, magical practices for a long time has been demonized through the media, through television, movies. But I think, conspiracy, yeah. yeah, conspiracies, People, yeah. yeah. I think kind of recently it's becoming a little bit more accepted and, and open. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know where it's coming from, but I do see a little bit more open-mindedness uh, in different communities when it comes to occult practices and magic. Um, are you seeing any, you know, kind of an more enlightenment in people lately? <clears throat> uh, enlightenment? I'm, I don't know about enlightenment, but I know that in the media, uh, they, you, I mean, if you turn on Netflix, there's a new show about magic. Oh yeah. Netflix is something full of the occult every yeah. day. So it's a, it's a subject that more people are studying. Um, and I'm, there's, I think that's great. If you're studying about the elements, your the elemental nature is the microcosmic star who you are, right? Like, uh, earth, fire, water, all that stuff, air again you're balancing out yourself energetically you're learning how to love yourself you're learning how to love others you're learning what makes up the earth what makes you up it's a good thing instead of just uh being taught well treat other people the way you want to be treated and love god as much as you fear god and, and that whole do what you're told and don't learn your own power mentality needs to go right um love needs to be the thing not fear we need to be in a different kind of era so i think that's happening but i also think that there's still people taking advantage of it for monetary reasons there always will be oh yeah you know yeah that's unfortunate um but you're exactly right about the love thing man i that's that's what's missing on our planet i think that if we if more people could experience that and bring that out we just have a, a lot better a lot better world in general uh you mentioned the media talking about woo woo things more I'd like to get into how the media is talking about UFOs and, and aliens a lot more. It's uh, very interesting, although I do not trust for one second anything no. that comes out of the media or our government about UFOs or what could possibly going, be going on in the skies. But it's, it's kind of ramped up in the past couple of years. I don't know if it's just a temporary trend, if they're preparing us for something or if there's something nefarious they're doing. I'm just wondering why now are we getting bombarded with UFOs from, our, from the media and the government? What are your thoughts? Two things, right? Um, and I apologize because I'm having to program the radio station as we're talking here. Two things, though, right? Like, one... Uh, I think they're gearing us up for either what Warner Von Braun said, where they, they're going to stage some kind of attack, right? Or stage some kind of alien presence so they can get out there in space a little bit more and justify it, uh, which I think they might be gearing up for. Or uh, 
uh, two, it really did happen. Uh, and they've been feeding us cookies, just little bitty cookie crumbs with this Elizondo to the stars thing enough to shut us up. I think there's something real going on there for real. It's not based on any evidence or anything people saw in the sky, anything like that. The reason why I think that it's happening is if you listen to the Betty and Barney Hill tapes, when Barney Hill was just an average guy, man, that, uh, yeah was it a, a you know uh interrelational relationship which these people didn't want they were good people man they didn't want to come out in public I, I promise you but what happened to them was so crazy when you hear this man scream in terror when he's taken through uh, what he saw and everything it's yeah. real man it's a hundred percent real i know what fear sounds like that's fear you know uh so i don't need any evidence that anything's happening but what i do think is that we're never going to know the truth. And a lot of this stuff is more military than they're telling us. Ah, you yes, know? I agree. I agree. It's a lot, a lot of military. Of so what do you think is the truth when it comes to extraterrestrials? Do you think that they are actually flying across the galaxy on their little tin can ships and coming visit us? Or I, I, I think it could be a combination. I think it could be that and a more of an interdimensional, extra-dimensional type of super spectrum type thing but uh, i'd like to get your thoughts do you think that there are actually beings that inhabit different planets in our outside our solar system or around our galaxy that come visit us or is it a different reality or different dimension or different density that we can't see with our eyes that are that's always around us you know um i think the second one and uh, the reason why i think that is because like I said earlier, we, we're trying to find bipedal creatures or whatever. Uh, but if you read this book by Samuel M. Vior, he, he talks about Gnosticism, which I don't see how this guy can reveal every single secret in occultism and Gnosticism and be wrong about aliens. He wrote a book about life on other planets, that even the planets in our solar system have beings on these planets that live differently. They're not like human in physical form, but they do live and exist on these planets. Uh, and in ufology, I trust Tim Doyle from UFO Seekers because he's he's willing to give you the truth, you know, based on uh, uh, real evidence and real investigations. And the UFOs that he caught, he had to catch with a camera and uh, not a video camera, but he had to slow the shots down. And you can see like these um, beings or kind of translucent type being things go in like into this mountain almost as if they were a whole nother type of being that was just floating around right um i i believe the second one more than i would the first what you said there based on the research and the people i know in the field you know yeah what about uh things like cryptids like bigfoot um you know dogmen things of that nature do you think that that's more of a an actual like um hominid creature that that's that exists you know flesh and blood or do you think it could be something more metaphysical or paranormal going on there that's got to be metaphysical i don't know uh i grew up in the woods my whole life and i've never seen a dog man I've never, I mean, uh, some of the dogman stories I hear is like in Louisiana and Arkansas and all this and this, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but I literally spent most of my life in the woods and I've never seen any signs or anything that I would consider a cryptid. And I actually did go to one place and look into, um, 
Bigfoot stuff. And there were some weird signs there, but then I caught the people like hoaxing. I caught them hoaxing things, you know, and which didn't help their case. So I'm extremely skeptical when it comes to cryptids. Although again, if someone tells me a story like the Betty and Barney Hill thing, and I can, that fear, if it's real, I know, I, I guess I have an act for when people are telling me the truth when it comes to emotion or not, you know? Um, yeah. I really think people are having experiences. I'm not going to say that, but the whole dog, it's the most skeptical thing. I'll just say that because I don't yeah. want to piss anybody off. I'm the most skeptical about cryptids for sure. About yeah, that. I, I am too. That's one of my uh, most skeptical areas. Uh, but since we moved to Colorado out in the mountains, they got a lot of, you know, Bigfoot clubs out here, a lot of stuff going on. We've been watching, uh, staying up late, watching some, some Bigfoot documentaries just for the fun of it. And it's been, you know, some of the stuff out there is pretty compelling as far as, you know, evidence. And, uh, it's, I think it's interesting to look into. It's something that can't really be dismissed, uh, because of some of the evidence and, uh, you know, there's, you- there's. There's always that footage. The, the most compelling Gimlin. one. I think though, out of all the 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 Patterson Gimlin. Bigfoot. Yeah. 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 I think that's probably one of the most compelling videos, at least out there. Yeah, uh, that could be a suit, but it just looks it real. Yeah, it I looks know. real. Yeah, we uh, we were arguing that the other day, but um, yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell, especially with footage, you know, like that. Um, I, I think it's one of those things that we're never going to know. Um, if they, you know, if they don't want to be seen, apparently they're, they're really good at not being seen. So it's just, if, if I see a Bigfoot brother, I promise I'll let, I will tell you the truth. <laughs> like I'm yeah. not going to make it up. I'll tell you if I see one and I haven't, I haven't seen, I've seen some weird stuff in the woods. I've seen orbs. I've seen everything that I've seen. that's weird seems to be a metaphysical type thing. That's not exactly physical. Uh, but man, if that, if they just, if I wouldn't have caught that one thing that made me, I'll tell you what happened. I went to this place and you know, they had the branches that were bent and all the stuff and talking about, it was like Bigfoot's there or whatever people swearing, but they saw Bigfoot. They were actually on a TV show. They had some weird lights happening in the sky out there. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And I saw this Valley thing and I said, well, I want to walk down that Valley. Cause it looks, there's something strange. I just want to walk down it they waited till it got dark on me and they were talking about things like things happen interdimensionally and stuff like that, you know? Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, and the guy's walking in front of me and I see the stick going up a hill. Like I'm walking in a Valley, right. And there's a stick going up a hill. And at the top of the, at the top of the stick is a boulder. It's like a rock holding a boulder up like this going up a Valley. And he walks across it and I can then breaks his stride to hit the stick and the boulder comes down the side of the hill and he turns around. He's like, Whoa, man, where did that come from? And I was like, dude, look, (laughs) I was like, I know it's dark, but I've been in the woods my whole life. My eyes are good in the dark too. And they adjusted. And you, I said, I know what that was. You hit that stick in that, big rock that just happened to perfectly be propped up on this thing yeah you know you hit it and he goes man i wonder why it was propped up like that you know he just (laughs) kept on going with it you know and i'm like oh dude i lost so much faith in 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 this the community as a whole and not not because there's uh people that are telling untruths 
but that just did a thing to my subconscious, that whole experience, you know, and it did a disservice to anybody that's had a real experience or that's telling the truth. Cause stuff like that really gets under my skin, you know. Me too. Yeah, I can't stand the fake videos. It does such a disservice to this community. You know, fake videos, fake anything faked. It's just, you know, it's not necessary. We're trying to find answers here, not just confuse people more. Um, but uh, to close out tonight, I thought we could maybe talk a little bit about what do you think the future holds for the United States, for the world? Because right now we're at a point where it's like the craziest science fiction movie I've ever seen in my life, and I'm living in it, and there's no end. Um, it's weird right <laughs> now. Things are weird. Yeah. I'll just say that. Um, so do you think that we're going to get back to a sense of normalcy anytime, five years, two um, years, or do you think we're just we're in this – dystopia and it's going to be just weird from now on out <laughs> i i mean i i don't think it's going to be as crazy as people think i think we'll get back to normalcy in a sense where well when once they vaccinate enough people and enough sheep will go get their vaccines <laughs> they'll start unloading things right they'll they'll let us do things and go to concerts and stuff like that it will it ever be exactly the same again i think it will be if we decide we want it to be See, the whole reason why this stuff is happening is because we allow them to, right. they know that we'd like to be told what to do. They know we like our abuse. I mean, if you look at uh, relationships as a whole, most people will take abuse if they, if they don't have to have responsibility for making decisions on their own. If someone tells them what's real, that's easier for them. And until we change that, I don't think things are going to uh, change, right? But maybe this whole experience is causing things to change. Um, uh, as far as the mad scientist thing goes, that's not going to change. That's going to get worse. That's what I believe because they've already done things like laser weapons, all the, uh, you got, uh, CERN, you got harp, you've got, uh, people launching different things. You got a guy that's, that's with the military, Elon Musk, like this guy's got so much power, but it's the same guy that sold flamethrowers to the public. Right. Yeah. So, uh, these guys that have the scientific mind that want to do all these experiments and treat us like lab rats, uh, that's, what's going to be running the country from here on out or the world actually. And the scary part about that is, is who's smart enough to oversee these people and tell them if yeah. they're, what they're doing is right or wrong. Nobody. Yeah. That's I mean, a scary think, about, thought. think about CERN, right? You got guys up there smashing atoms together who is overseeing that thing like right like who's the person that regulates them who's the person that comes up with a pad and pen and goes okay are you sure you didn't create a black hole right because the scientist is going to say well this is how black holes are made i think and he's gonna be like okay well just check this box here i guess you guys are okay and walk off because no one's smart enough to regulate these people and these experiments are going to get worse and worse it's already happening really i mean yeah, yeah. We're a bunch yeah. of lab rats. That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, I think that the only answer is us just to say no and take take back our sovereignty as much as possible. I think that's the only way that we're going to keep a semblance of what we thought, you know, our reality was, is if yeah. we just stop going along with it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Be, like, be more, a little bit more free thinking and uh, think for yourself and, you know, do more research. And vote with your money. Vote with your money. 
uh, don't buy things like, don't complain to me about, about, uh, you know, not thinking for yourself. If you're doing that in your own life, don't complain to me about being, uh, dominated by the government. If you let your boyfriend or girlfriend or your uncle or your boss at work dominate you fix yourself first and then complain about the rest. You know what I'm saying? Then complain. That's, what's going to give us power. That's that is sovereignty. If you ask me. Yeah. Yes, I agree. A hundred percent. Joe, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, for the audience, if they would like to listen to lighting the void, check out the shows on the fringe FM. What's the best way that they can do so? Yeah. Uh, if you go to fringe.fm, that's simple. That's the network. It's just fringe, F-R-N-G-E dot F-M. Uh, we have an app, too. We're pretty much anywhere uh, radio stations are listed as far as Internet radio goes. And Lighting the Void is lighting, L-I-G-H-T, lightingthevoid.com. You can uh, contact me via email at contact at Lighting the Void and give us a follow on social media. Cool. And is there anything else uh, you got going on or upcoming that uh, you'd want to mention before you head out? Yeah, we're about to launch our production services for pretty much everything over I've, I've learned over the past four or five years. Plus, uh, Amanda, the person that's helped with the production and the website stuff, we're about to make like this, um, these services for people because podcasting's huge. And now it's a time for everybody that wants a voice to have a voice. And uh, I think we want to be able to offer that as well to people. Uh, and we're working on some courses, not only that but you know for magical things and things like that other than that we're still doing the radio five nights a week you know very cool awesome joe thank you so much again for coming on uh and i'd love to talk to you again in the future if we can oh yeah dude absolutely we'll do it for sure awesome and until next time everyone else have an excellent evening